0: When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison. You did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick and in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for One of the least of these you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. You may be seated. grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A little bit later in this service, you're going to confess the Nicene Creed. And in that creed, you will confess that you believe in Jesus Christ, who will come in glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And you'll also confess that you look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. And so I ask you, are you looking? Are you really looking forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come? This weekend is the final weekend of the church calendar. This is Christ the King Sunday. Next week is the new year. We begin the new year of the church calendar as we get into Advent and Christmas. But this last weekend of the church calendar, the church has historically taken a look at the last things, the end times. What does the Bible teach about what's going to happen when Jesus comes back? This is a topic that's very popular in Christian media. There are millions and millions of copies of books that have been sold and movies about the end times and what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. And unfortunately, the underlying message and the underlying emotion underneath these end times books and movies and things is one of fear. But today, the Word of God comes to us not to instill us with fear, but rather to give us hope. We are creatures of hope. I've heard it said it's, it's what allows us human beings to get up in the morning, is that we have hope for something. To illustrate this, I heard a story of um, a hospital, a large hospital that had a program where it hired teachers that would come in and teach students, elementary age and high school age students, that had to have an extended stay in, in the hospital. They would hire teachers to come in and to give instructions, classwork, for these students so that they didn't fall too too far behind. Well, there was one student that was assigned a teacher, and the, the teacher called up the student's regular teacher to find out what they were studying in class, and the teacher said, we're studying nouns and adverbs, and I'd really like you to go in and teach him about nouns and adverbs so he doesn't fall too far behind in his grammar work. So the, the hospital teacher said, great, I'll, I'll do that. She found out what room he was in and, and scheduled an appointment to go meet with him. And, and when she walked in the room, no one had told her of this, the student's situation. You see, he had been very badly burned. And he was going through a lot of pain. And the teacher was kind of taken back when she saw the sight of this student. But nevertheless, she did her thing. She taught him a lesson about nouns and adverbs. and She left thinking that she didn't have much of an impact on this this little boy. The next day, she got a call from the nurse. And the nurse said, what did you do to the boy while you were there? And the teacher got nervous thinking she had done something wrong, and she started to apologize. And the nurse said, no, no, you don't understand. You see, before you came, we were really worried about him. It's like he had given up all hope hope of living. He, he wasn't responding to any of the treatments that we were giving to him. And it, it's like he had just given up. But ever since you came and you taught him, things have changed. He's now has a positive attitude, and, and we think he's going to pull out of it. He's, he's responding to the treatments. Well, a couple of weeks later, the little boy confessed to what caused the change in his attitude. You see, he had a change in his perspective, and he put it like this. He said the hospital wouldn't go through the trouble to bring in a teacher to teach nouns and adverbs to a little boy that was dying, now would they? His attitude and perspective changed because he had hope. We are people of hope. And hope is exactly what Jesus is giving in the Bible story today from Matthew 25. Matthew 25 is nearing the end of Jesus' ministry. And Jesus is offering hope and perspective to a group of disciples that are desperately going to need it because they're going to be going through extremely difficult times. They're going to be going through things that are going to push their faith to its limits. And Jesus wants to bring them hope in the midst of their pain and their struggle. Now the last three weeks we've spent, uh, two weeks ago, Uh, We went through the first story in Matthew 25. There are three stories. The first story in Matthew 25 is the parable of the ten virgins and the the bridesmaids that are waiting for the groom to come back. And last week was the story of the talents, where the master gives uh, talents to three servants as he leaves. And here we have the story of the parable of the sheep and the goats, what Jonathan just read to us. And in these three stories, what Jesus is offering is hope and perspective and instruction. For a group of people that are going to be going through difficult times. And so I ask you today, how are you doing? Are you in need of a little hope today? Are, things, are there things in your life that are pushing your faith to its boundaries? Are you in need of a little bit of perspective? Maybe a little bit of instruction in your life? Well, Jesus has a word of hope for you today. And just like he told the the, the story of the, the, the ten virgins that they needed to be on the lookout because they didn't know when the bridegroom was going to be coming back, Jesus tells us, you too, you need to be on the lookout. Be ready because I'm coming back. And just as he told in the story of the talents, he's given to each of us a certain measure of his gifts and abilities and resources that he wants us to use in his kingdom, for his purposes. And today he brings hope to us as he shows us that he is the master of all things. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to him and he's coming back to make things right. Well, in this story of the parable of the sheep and the goats, we have an interesting kind of teaching here because we as Lutherans coming off the Reformation, we know as Jesus is telling this story and the difference between the sheep and the goats, we know that God does not allow us to go to heaven based on what we do on our action, but it's based completely on the action of Jesus Christ. So at first glance, when you hear this story of the sheep and the ones that, that fed the poor and, and they gave drink to those that were thirsty and they went to those that imprisoned and then the ones that are the goats, the ones that are not going to receive the eternal blessing, are the ones that didn't do those things. And traditionally, the church has taught this, this uh, story to say that, well, first of all, the sheep and the goats are differentiated long before any talk of what they've done takes place. There are sheep and there are goats, regardless of their activity, but the sheep are known by what they do. It's not what makes them who they are. And in the same way, we as Christians, we should be known by our actions, by our care for those in need, by our looking out for the poor and the lost and those in prison. It's not what makes us sheep, it's just what sheep do. And both groups are surprised at what they had done and realizing that they had done it for Jesus himself. And this is As I said, this is a great teaching, and this is what we are to do. This is the hallmark of the church. The church throughout the centuries for thousands of years has been known as a place of caring for people, of caring for those in need, of bringing this message of hope, and that's that's what we are to do. But there's an even more specific hope that Jesus is giving in this story to his disciples. And when you start to break down the story a little more specifically, you see that Jesus identifies those that are in need with this one little phrase where he says, Whatever you did to the least of these brothers of mine, you did to to me. Well, who are Jesus' brothers? Earlier on in Matthew chapter 12, this question is asked of Jesus. As they say, Jesus, your brother and sisters, your brothers and sisters are outside. And Jesus says, well, who are my brothers and sisters? They are those who hear my word And follow me. And more specifically, Jesus is talking to his brothers as he's telling this story. They are the very disciples that are there. And in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus explains to his disciples what they are going to endure as they are going out and sharing his message. He says that he's going to send them to the lost sheep of Israel and they're going to be rejected. But when they're rejected, Jesus says they're actually rejecting Jesus himself. And he tells them that they're going to go through hardships. They're going to be imprisoned. They're going to be face starvation. They're going to face uh, needing food and needing water and needing clothes. And as they do, Jesus says, whenever you give, whenever a drink of water is given to these little ones, my brothers, you will be blessed. And so there's this close tie between the instructions that Jesus gives to his disciples in Matthew 10 to this story at the end of Matthew in Matthew 25, that the very people that Jesus says, if you do it to the least of these, are actually Jesus' disciples themselves. And the message that they bring are Jesus himself, so that when you welcome one of the least of these brothers, you're actually welcoming Jesus. And that's exactly what we are doing today as we hear the message proclaimed again and we welcome it into our hearts and into our lives. For that is what makes us one of Jesus' sheep, welcoming the message of Jesus and in so doing you are welcoming Jesus himself. And so what do we, what do we take for this as we go today today? In 2017, almost 2018, amazing that this year is almost gone. As God's people today, what can we learn from this story? Well, first of all, no matter what you're going through, God has a message of hope for you today. He has not left you alone. As He told His disciples in Matthew 28, Lo, I am with you always to the very end. As He's telling them here, I am with you, even as you go out, as you face persecution, as you face struggle. I am with you. He hasn't left us alone. Second of all, he calls us his brothers and sisters. He calls us his very sheep. He has called us to be his people. It's his voice that we hear. We are the family of God, and he calls us friends. We can praise God for that. Next, we can praise God for the message that has come to us through the people he's called into ministry. We thank God for our pastors and our teachers, for our music leaders, for our DCEs, for our Sunday school teachers and preschool teachers. And more specifically, praise God for the message that they brought to you. I thank God for Pastor Tom Sorensen. He married my parents. He baptized me as a baby. He confirmed me. He saw me through high school and college. Pastor Tom brought the message to me. And who is it in your life that you can praise God for who has brought the message of Jesus Christ that you accepted, and in so you accepted Jesus himself? And finally, we can praise God for those people by supporting them. Just as Jesus said, as you welcome the least of these little ones, you are welcoming Jesus. As we support the ministry of the gospel, we are doing nothing less than supporting Jesus himself because he is in the message. We here at Cornerstone Lutheran are about bringing that message of hope to as many people as we can. So as God's people today, we share that message of hope to a lost and broken world. And you might say, well, why is it so important? to to look forward to the end when, when Jesus is coming. He's going to come anyway. If we don't do it, I think there are some dangers. First of all, we have a chance of losing our faith. We have a chance as the world has all of these trials and issues that we're going through, we can lose the very faith and think it's not worth it. Secondly, as we look forward to Jesus' return, we can forget what we're supposed to be about we're supposed to be about caring for those in need, about bringing this message of hope to more and more people. As the parable of, the, of the, the talent shows, we are to be about God's work and His kingdom until He comes again. Thirdly, without the hope of Jesus' return, we can get discouraged and start putting our hope in the wrong place. We are a people of hope. We need that hope in our lives, but we can start to look for hope in the goodness of humanity. We can look for hope in medical science. We can look for hope in political parties and activism. All of these things can be good, but they are not what we put our hope and our trust in. They are all failing, but Jesus will never fail us. And then finally, without looking forward to the hope of Jesus' return, we can think there's nothing better. This is it. This is as good as it gets. But Jesus promises through his in his return, that he is going to make all things right. We welcomed him 2,000 years ago as a little baby to bring that beginning of God's kingdom into this world, but it's not here yet completely. We still live among brokenness, pain, cancer, and death, and divorce, and abuse. Until Jesus comes again, he promises that he is with us now, but one day he will come to make things perfect all good. And so until then, we confess boldly, I believe in Jesus, who will come again in glory to judge both the living and the dead. And we proclaim, I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.